0: Well, hello, hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of JavaScript Jabber. We're at number... Hello. ...in (laughs) the end. N plus
1: one. There you go. We're in the off off by one error. We're in
2: the episode you're listening to right now.
1: That's right.
0: All right. That's right. And uh, that gives us a good segue to introduce uh, Jack Harrington. Welcome. As our guest.
2: Hi. I'm from React Roundup. Yeah, another uh, podcast on this esteemed channel
1: yeah we talk about
2: an, uh, a, a, rea- a framework you might know a little bit about i guess react written i don't know Dropbox. anything
1: about it written with it. <laughs> okay fantastic. i think you refuse to know anything about <laughs> it, anything
0: about it. <laughs> i love it we got tj hey everybody
3: yeah tj van Tol, also from the react roundup show uh, and you guys should introduce yourselves as yeah, well because sure. this this is also on the react roundup feed so we've got people that don't know your voices either
0: well i'm I'm AJ I'm the resident contrarian I'm the old man that yells <laughs> at clouds <laughs> especially also,
1: in the cloud you're you're also the like the most senior member of all the podcasts except for Chuck maybe I think I think
0: that I am equally senior to Chuck I think I was on the first one. I, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe I wasn't on the first one, but very, very early on, yeah.
2: Are we going by age, or are we just going by time on the podcast? <laughs> no,
0: I age. I, I think I, I
1: take. I think I take you all.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then we got Dan. Yeah, uh, the the old man. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm Dan Shapiro. Uh, also on the JavaScript Jabber podcast. Uh, also use React quite a lot. So I'm actually, like I said before we started, a fan of the React Roundup podcast and a big fan of uh, Jack's uh, videos, which everybody who's into React should be watching. I wow, think. Thank, thanks for the shout out. And I uh, appreciate that. I actually shouted your videos as some of my picks on JavaScript Jabber, Woo! just so you know. Okay, thank you. That was well,
0: great. Can we hear more about these videos? Because I am, I am not aware. No, I I sure. don't know the names in the um, framework that shall not be named community. <laughs>
2: yeah. Okay. So I run a YouTube channel called Blue Collar Coder. The idea is that nice. I'm I'm self trained, started coding when I was thirteen, sort of thing, and so I I had to take this kind of workmanly approach to building. Applications. I'm more very customer focused, you know that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's kind of what I bring to my videos is sort of like, hey, we want to do this. This is how we get it done. It's not a lot of like theory. It's more, you it, or if the theory is applied, we kind of bring the theory in that way through
1: actual like implementation. So and you we talk you a got, lot about React and all that. Uh, sorry for interrupting you, but no, you no, no, got, no, please go for it. You got into coding like the self taught unofficial sort of way? Yeah,
2: yeah, totally. Hmm, Yeah, I taught taught myself
1: to code. I'll I'll date
2: myself. I taught myself to code (laughs) um, TRS 80 Basic on the TRS 80. Been there, done that. The Trash 80. The Trash 80. Great machine. 4K or 16K with the upgrade. That, that so, was actually the first computer that I I coded on as well. Yeah, so you know. it's a great, great introductory machine. And it was really fun because back in the day, you could actually make stuff individually that would build, that you could, you know, give your friends and all sorts of things. And I, I think you still can nowadays, but that's definitely what got me in, interested in coding. I was a failure in everything else, but it was <clears> the one <throat> thing I could actually do. So I, I kind of kept with that for my entire career. i never I've never gone to college. And now I'm super stoked because my daughter is now like an intern at Apple, you know, oh, she's done the oh. whole thing where, you know, she, she is 4.0, e, e, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, look, look, you know, Apple fell, fell way far away from the tree, you know? So that's good. So my
3: uh, my equivalent experience was at around that age, I was building GeoCities websites. That was oh, yeah. sort of high. So if you remember all the like old school animated GIF, autoplay music, scrolling text. Uh, yeah, I was like
2: totally into that. Like, yeah, you gotta make the snowflake background. And, oh yeah, over, when when winter came around, all that. Yeah, custom scroll bar, custom oh, cursor, yes. right? Like, yeah, you
3: yeah, had yeah. to have one of those. Um, the, the whole thing, right? But
2: that teaches you the fundamentals, you know, DOM manipulation, maybe some jQuery, that sort of thing.
3: It it's Dickery funny because was not
0: around back then.
3: No, really? this is this is the 90s. So this yeah. this predates
2: jQuery by quite a bit. Well, uh, I think it, I was using jQuery 95, I think, wasn't it? No, no, there no, no, was right. no internet no, 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 Sorry, no,
0: no, no, no. What do you mean? There's no, 95.
2: No. Okay, you're right, you're right. 2000 I was using jQuery. Yeah. Yes. No. Okay, you're right, you're right,
1: you're yeah, right To right. put to, to, you know, some important dates. JavaScript itself was created in 95, was right. really officially released in 96. And the uh, and IE4, which was really the first browser to actually have a, you know, what we would consider a DOM, I think, came out at ninety seven or ninety eight. Uh, and then when did uh, AJAX arrive to get the uh, XML request?
2: HTTP request? Yeah, right. Which
3: is I think that was IE five point five or something. Yeah. Well, just to to ground us here, jQuery's initial release was in two thousand six. So. Mm. Way a decade later, Whee? yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So you're off by about eleven years, Jack.
0: <laughs> okay, I That's heard so about it. in Two thousand and seven of- or eight, probably two thousand and eight. Hmm. Uh, the, the, the the thing was, there was a a kid who was I don't know seven years old or something. The kid that was way too young that gave a, a Google Tech Talk, and that was that was one of the <laughs> the things that launched jQuery even further because it, you know, it's a Google Tech Talk and it's a seven year old explaining,
1: like, yeah, I use jQuery. (laughs) (laughs) These days it'll be a six year old explaining why they use React server components. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe maybe he can finally do a good job at it.
1: I Uh, I love Dan Abramov going around. It's so
2: simple. uh, And by the way, what are you talking
1: about? What do you mean it's simple? So just so you know, we actually had Dan on our show. Okay. Uh, so the episode hasn't come out yet at the time no. of this recording, but I think it should come out this week. So it, uh, so effectively, by the time this is uh, released, it will obviously be out already, probably as a two-episode uh, thing, because uh, it was a over two-hour-long conversation that, oh, that's we had great. With, yeah. that we had with him. Um Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was really doing the rounds, uh, with all the podcasts and, and uh, a lot of the, uh, also interviews with, uh, Ken C. Dodds and others on YouTube, etc. really trying to get the word out. I think they are experiencing more pushback than they expected. Um, although it's not really surprising, but, um yeah so he's... it was not entirely it's basically
2: phase three right it's 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 m c u phase three it's um you know he had like phase two was hooks yeah. and then phase three is basically hey uh, servers cool again
1: and yeah and and but that's really an interesting thing, i have to say because you know we we had episodes on react before. And uh, you know we're kind of going off into, on a tangent here. Yeah, no, you no. know what? Maybe we finish the introductions first because you guys introduced <laughs> yourselves. we have not even done that. And AJ no and I didn't didn't actually. So before we go on tangents about React, let's get back to the introductions. Maybe sounds good. Uh,
0: I I feel like I sufficiently introduced myself, <laughs> uh, but I, I did I did find yes I am in the very first episode with along with Jameson Dance and Chuck. And then the second episode, we brought on Yehuda cats.
1: Hmm. Maybe it's worthwhile mentioning to the younger generation what Yehuda actually did, or you know, maybe still does. Yeah,
2: the
0: name is super familiar. I've forgotten what he does.
1: So, oh man,
0: I so I'm, he's responsible for the atrocity that is imports. I I remember that part. I I've forgiven him, but. <laughs> Well, he was a Ruby guy. And yeah. I I'm thinking I don't remember what um what it was at the time. Maybe maybe he was uh doing Ember, which I think back then had a different name. Uh I don't I don't remember.
1: I do you, Dan? No, I don't. I, I remember that he's really well known or was well known, but I also forget for what. <laughs> Uh, by the way, he I I've actually, unlike you, I actually liked imports almost from day one. My one big problem with imports is that they're kind of upside down. It should be rather than import from, it should be from import. If you think about it, and eight, he's
0: Wait, because.
1: No. Because, 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 uh, Jack, you're making a face for. Yeah, for yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, I, uh, because once you say where you import from, it can deduce what your you could import from there. Mm. Whereas going the other way around, is more problematic.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I gotta say, in VS Code, I found that like just typing in the key term, if you've named things nicely. And you hit tab for the completion, it just auto imports it. It never gets the ordering right. So I end up having to go back and kind of restack ordering because I'm a little bit you know, you know, a little intense about the ordering of my imports and whatnot. Otherwise.
1: Yeah, but that's uh, feels like tooling compensating for uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. deficiency oh, yeah. in the language or something. Um That's and- that's JavaScript's middle name. Tooling <laughs> you know, compensating for the shortcomings in the language. Yeah, there is something (laughs) to that. Okay, so now it's my turn. I also start, uh, my name is Dan Shapir. I've been on JavaScript Jabber a lot less than AJ has been on it. I've been on for three, coming on four years. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, I'm also an old-time developer, having also started coding on the Trash 80 way back when in the 80s. Uh, unlike you guys, though, I did go, even though I, I was really into computers as a kid, uh, I did go through the more quote unquote uh, official route of, of getting, uh, you know, university degrees. So I have, uh, bachelor's and master's degrees in computer science, uh, because, you know, interesting things and the interesting point is that Nothing that I learned in university is something that I still use today. Yeah, uh, totally.
2: Yeah, and um, it is, yeah. It, 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 that should not be a surprise to anybody in it, it, who has more than five years into this. Like you, know, you it's everything's just going to change. Yeah, it's whole, funny, what I. Yeah, go for it. Because
3: um, I, I also did the tradition, the quote-unquote traditional route as well. And what I tell people is that I actually got more out of the. Writing classes and the speaking <laughs> classes, yeah. Not, not that I didn't learn things in the, the the computer science stuff, but it's it's amazing how how somewhat irrelevant that is to the day to day operations of just a software developer. So I got some out of it, but like just the general skills of being able to write, read more effectively, I got quite a bit
1: out of that uh, uh, along the way too. I do think, though, that there's more. Uh, in you know, like I, I get why a lot of people uh, are kind of uh, 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 to a certain extent dismissive. My, I might even say of uh, of university studies of computer science, but looking at a framework like React and at you know, let's say a TypeScript, there's a lot of you know, like computer science in there. Sure. Uh, the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. functional thing um the um, um, uh, immutable immutability um and 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 so on and so forth um, so so it can be challenging I think for somebody who's totally self-taught and didn't have good mentorship to really get into this stuff right i I was definitely I definitely
2: benefited from. I mean, you, you were there at TRS 80 Model 1 Basic. I mean, what was the anal- I went through APL, C, or Fortran 77, oh, C++. APL. Yeah, we had APL, we had a, a computer with APL. A, with a funny school.
1: keyboard with a Greek letter. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 We, it, it, there's a flip switch between uh, basic and, and APL. For the listeners who are way
1: language. too young to know about it, APL is this like crazy math inspired programming language oh, where you that's... work, where you work with uh, vectors and matrices as, as if they were basic types. And you literally type math expressions yeah. using Greek letters. And that's the code you run. Uh, and, and yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, you need special keyboards to program with it.
2: <laughs> right. Anyway, so, uh, but I mean, having gone through all of that and then, and then I would go and I had, you know, friends who were going to see us at the time. And so they, I would, you know, read books on data structures and all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. So basically kind of osmosed a lot of that as we rolled along, as I rolled along. But I mean, when it comes to like somebody coming into the profession now, Yeah, you know, I mean, I think there's sort of the practical soup stuff, and then there's the sort of theoretical stuff. I think
3: it's the other thing is the quality of the instruction you're given as well, because nowadays YouTube exists, right? Jack's videos are are one click away, and I, I mean... Back in the day, you didn't have easy access to that stuff, so Mm, college is kind of like was the only way you were going to get that sort of hands-on instruction. That's for sure, and that's true. And now, like you can pay significantly less to get some extremely high-quality material and just watch it from the comfort of your own home. And I don't know; it's still a a difficult. I mean, we could talk the rest of the (laughs) the episode about this because it's a deep conversation. But it's it is sort of fascinating because I know all sorts of people that are going through this conundrum because college is so absurdly expensive.
1: Yeah, that's the thing I wanted to say about the U.S.
3: uh, That uh, the U.S.,
1: higher education is extremely and especially expensive in the U.S., which is nuts because the one thing a country wants is for as many of its citizens to have, you know, proficiency in stuff. yeah i I know, and that's a weird thing
2: living in America it's actually not a commonly held opinion like there's actually, there's that's up for debate as to whether higher education is actually a good thing I, it's not a debate for me I think it is, but you
1: know, I think that part of the re- that part of the reason that it's you know certain people dismiss it is has to do with the fact that it's so absurdly expensive that it's difficult to justify its cost in terms of the benefits that you get. But if it was, like, a tenth of the price, then the story would be, you know, totally different.
2: Yeah. Which is kind of, I think, where boot camps fit in, right? Boot camps are essentially a tenth of the price of of a traditional college education, and they get you, you know, certainly a good grounding. Here's a a question for y'all. Like, actually, here's a a generalized question. How many years, let's just say I'm... I'm, uh, I don't know, I, uh, I'm doing some other job, right? I'm, I wash paintbrushes or whatever. And, and I want to get into computer science. I want to get into being a web developer. Like how many
1: years do it, realistically, does it take? So I've been thinking about this. And my conclusion is that you first kind of need to define what a web developer is. And by the way, we had interesting conversations about these very topics with some of our guests. We had uh, Danny Thompson on our show. Mm-hmm. We had yeah, Sam, S- Sam Sigmore on our show uh, and uh, Laura Harvey uh, and, other, and, and some other great people. I recommend going back and listening to those episodes for our listeners who have not. Um, and it really depends on what you mean by web developer. Uh, you know, because a web developer could be somebody uh, on, on you know, and on, on the one end of the scale, it could be somebody working in WordPress or Wix, building mm-hmm. websites. And on the other end of the scale, it could be somebody working on the next version of Grafana using whatever framework that's built in. So, so or or let's say building, you know, if I gave somebody using Wix, it could be somebody who's building the Wix editor which would be like the other uh, uh end of, of of the spectrum so it, it really kind of depends now you can get to both of these places either from university or boot camp and I know people you know some of the you know like the people who founded wix uh, don't actually have you know at least some of them don't actually have a college education uh, so so you you know it's not a prerequisite even if you're building the next wix but but it really depends on on your on on where you want to you get to and what your goals are okay well, so react
2: developer let's take that let's go in there
1: and even with react development i'm sure that you run into a lot of people who are using react without really having a deep understanding of how React works. And and all of these frameworks that are built on top of the web platform kind of inherit inherit from the web platform itself a very forgiving attitude towards um you know neglecting coding best practices, might I say? <laughs>
2: uh, I would argue that actually React is like the worst when it comes to that in, in terms of like you need to know your stuff when it comes to references. And well, yes, and no, uh, and immutability, and you know, in order to really not
1: get bit in the butt by React on a regular yeah, basis, yeah. But l- let's say that instead of re rendering once or twice, the component that you built re renders a uh, hundred times and leaks memory, so what still works. <laughs> uh...
3: I mean well, you know. it depends on yeah, and it depends on what you're building it for. If it's on like your personal site or for it's for some small business, there's a good chance no one's gonna notice or ever care about that. If it's for like the homepage of Amazon.com, like yeah, that's
1: that's well, probably problematic. Would assume, so it depends. You would assume that Amazon is more well. discerning, let's say, about, yeah, exactly. about the, who they let work on their homepage. Um <laughs> And and the review processes and the tests that that they have in place, um, and 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 again, if you're if you're really into it, it's you know the, there's nothing to get in your way of getting there. I mean, again, your your great example yourself, Jack, of being self taught and now actually teaching people and including a lot of really deep concepts about how React worked on the insides. And by the way, I love your videos where you kind of do it yourself on top of Vite. To show how things work inside of Next or, remi- or Remix, I really <sighs> love it when you do that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's it scary so- hairy nowadays. It's, React's getting complex.
2: Yeah, but sure. d- But y'all, y'all are prevaricating around the bush here. Like, I'm random Joe Joe jo X. I'm in a, you know, I meet you in the gym. Like, hey, what do you do? I'm a software developer. How long does it take to get into that?
1: Well, Six, again, yeah, if, if 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 React somebody- go. But, you know, I might not even send them React way. I might send Mm -hmm. them towards WordPress or Wix because if they really want to start making, you know, some money quickly and effectively, I mean, why not? Uh, There are way more sites built using WordPress than there are websites built using React. Um, So Yeah, I did
2: an interview with a guy once who is all into WordPress themes. And he made made bank. On that, you know, okay. I didn't even. There's a whole
1: subgenre. Yeah, there's that uh, ongoing meme uh, that I hate about. I'm a (laughs) PHP developer. Here's my Lambo. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's an interesting one because
0: I think that that actually is a cultural. uh, That that's that's a cultural thing. We we do suffer from open source of and open source is a cancer it's, <laughs> it is life- it is life it is life-sucking <laughs> i had to listen to this podcast more often whoa okay but it, no it is it is, it is it's like it's like oh look a cool growth and then it's like oh it's killing me <laughs> it, you know it, it's it's a good marketing gimmick and it's a good um bad religion to sell people that are looking for something to believe in but it's uh, it's a cancer, so I, you got it. You got to give credit to
1: people just, just that, to make sure that I understand what you're ra- rallying against. Uh, not the con- if I understand correctly, it's not the concept of open source so much as the overuse of open source in people's projects. Or Am I misunderstanding you?
0: Uh, it's no, it's not the open uh, the overuse. It, it's actually the concept because it you you think. Like, oh, because I used to be in the, in that camp and I still like the idea of information wants to be free. But the reality is, if you create something useful and you spend your time doing that and it's truly useful, someone else is going to spend their time making money off of what you did, right? And so people that actually charge for their libraries, I have a lot of respect for them for having... The, the good sense to do that, because the people that are charging for their libraries, so I'm, I'm going to call WordPress themes, those are libraries. They're just libraries of CSS and, you know, components. A little bit of JavaScript. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But but those, those people had the foresight to say, hey, I want to be able to do this today and still be able to do it tomorrow. And that... That's I mean, an old that, saying
1: that you know if you, if he you, if you're good at something don't do it for free. Yeah, but, but. we might be upsetting uh, Richard Stallman by saying this, but <laughs> the, but the reality, but the reality He is needs that, to be upset. <laughs> yeah, and is, he's listening. Uh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Uh for those of you who don't know, he's like kind of the grand the OG of open source, he invented the GPL, he created Emacs. He he, did, he uh, cursed out Steve Jobs. He did a lot of things. Oh, uh, didn't know that last one. Yeah, cool. he basically said that he was happy he was dead or something along these oh! lines. Oh! <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. but Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, my point is, well, the point that I was going towards is that these days, as opposed to several years ago, um, people working on successful open source projects usually find some way to make a living off of it or to at at the very least make it worth their while. uh either actually making money from it or or at the very least having their career benefit from um so um or you know maybe they enjoy being flown to conferences so that's what they're getting from it but they're getting something from it these days so it's you know that's Jobs, the way that it seems you know, to be. a lot of
2: companies that use that would then go and hire you to yeah work think about
1: that. all the frameworks all the frameworks in the react in react land are open source and all of them have people associated with it that are making money or raised money or working somewhere somebody's paying them for working on the open source yeah that but that's the exception and and not only that but it was a marketing
0: gimmick by facebook right i mean yes somebody created it cuz he wanted to create it but it was a marketing gimmick and it was a very 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 successful marketing gimmick to have that open sourced for recruiting, recruiting gimmick, people but yeah yeah, recruiting. yeah yeah right so it, if you look at the the general case uh so the the core js guy i think is the more the more common case right remember for the last two or three years you got this thing every time you did an npm install that said, "Hey, I'm looking for a good job." Which the way that it was phrased, <laughs> you could tell the guy was bitter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he what should have said, he should have he should have changed his message slightly. And part of it is, I'm not sure. I think he was a native English speaker. I think he was parents were Russian. He was American. If I'm if I'm correct, I might be wrong. Now he's stuck in Russia. And then, you know, there's all this Ukraine stuff, he can't get any money because if you were to pay him, you're a terrorist. Right? Mm. And and so because because of things happened and the way that it worked out with his with his visa, and so he's trying to be this like philanthropist, but really he's digging himself a hole. And and somebody said that in one of the comments. I, I went through one of one of the posts that came out recently with him, because he basically I mean, I I hate to say it this way, but he made a crybaby post. Um, It's like, hey, my life sucks. And I've I've tried to help people. And all I'm doing is trying to help people. And my life sucks. And it keeps getting worse. And, And somebody basically said, well, you need to man up and start, you know, get a real job. It doesn't. But but the other the other problem is look at Express, right? the most popular JavaScript server in the world. More APIs run on Express than anything else, right? We're going to yeah, talk about APIs. That,
1: that's been, no maintainers, that, no money, Yeah, no but that was created a while ago and to an extent effectively abandoned, like you're saying. If you look at like uh, Fastify, whatever yeah. is supposed to replace it, the people do have some sort of a business plan associated with it as far as I understand.
0: Right, and so in that case, but th- that's, that's the thing is if you don't have a plan to make money, it doesn't end well for you and it doesn't end well for your customers, which, uh, what, what do we call uh, open source users? It doesn't end well for your users because they didn't become customers.
3: Yeah. I think it just depends what you're going into it and what you're wanting to get out of. I don't think very many people go in super naive nowadays. The open source I sort of. I think they do. The rules of the road are pretty well established. I don't know it it sort of depends on what perspective you're coming but, out of. Yeah. But, but the what Dan had mentioned earlier, just what you get out of open source, he's basically telling my personal story because I got into open source. It, i one of the reasons I know the jQuery timeline really well is because I was on the jQuery team as part mm. of jQuery UI for a few years. I used that. And so I put in a yeah, it was an awesome framework, and I put in a lot of time, like a lot of thankless work. Into that project that I got no direct financial compensation for, but I feel like that time investment is paid off over and over again, just in terms of the notoriety I got from that, the exposure I got from that, right? And 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 going back
2: to an earlier point, the mentorship, right? That it gives you the ability to work on a really good team, yeah. And I think so many people are 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 hamstrung by that
3: and a perspective beyond just the little insurance
2: company i was working on
3: right yeah, like, and it, that I'm was no, eight like, or yeah. 10
1: years ago and now what i'm what i'm saying is that not always and there are always exceptions to every rule but in the it seems that in the general sense things are better now in that regard than they used to be that, that's what i'm trying to say it's still not perfect it's far from perfect but it's it's better than it used to be it's so so it seems to me um but going back to your question, Jack, I think somebody can be, uh, be a, a React newbie fairly quickly. Uh I think that you can be like a... a six months? Yeah. A year? Yeah, no. six months. Ma- I think that uh within okay. six... I think people forget how simple React is at its core uh, in a lot mm. of ways. So if you're not being overly fancy about it and you don't mind leaking memory and, uh, and overly <laughs> re-renderings, then you can you can, then you can get you can you know you, you, you write crap code that works. Um, if you want to be truly proficient in React, I would say that it really depends on your experience, obviously. But if you're like out uh, you know like from a bootcamp, let's say, and you're not like super genius then I would say somewhere from four to 10 years. Okay.
2: All right. TJ?
3: Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Obviously, the answer to this is really, it depends like any good technology question, but I think that's about right. I think new people really struggle with, I mean, to be a modern, uh, quote unquote, web developer, the amount of things that you're expected to at least know or be aware of is kind of nuts because you can get into well should you know source control should you know http should you know how and like like the list we could make a list of 20 30 things that oh, we're probably easy. all like moderately oh, yeah, familiar sure. with but and i think that's where like the 4 to 10 years feels about right before you at least have a basic understanding of all those things but i tend to agree with dan that like you can do quick and dirty stuff within about 6 6 months to a year like wouldn't be someone i trust on my production website but if Somebody just needs to go in and start with some junior tasks and has somebody to, to sort of look over their code and teach them. I think you can start building things right and have a, a basis. Everybody's gotta start somewhere. Hmm. AJ? And if you limit the scope of if you limit the scope of it, I think it makes it a lot easier. And then over time you can introduce all that other stuff.
2: Yeah. AJ, I, what do you think?
0: I really don't I really don't know. I d I don't know how to put a timeline to it. I think that because everybody's different, and there's that there's sure. that quote about: Are you having four years of experience, or the same four years of, ex- or the same year of experience four times?
2: Yes,
3: I, I like think active
2: learning versus just exp- like doing the same things over and over and over again. Right? Active learning <laughs> is you're pushing your boundaries as you learn. But that's the, the
1: thing time. about React. I mean, every three years or whatever, React totally changes. And then, uh, you know, you start from scratch. <laughs> so you can't, you can't stay in place. I mean, what are you still using? Uh, create class or whatever. It, uh, yeah. you...
2: <laughs> you would be surprised how many people still use create class or so, not create class, but like classes. I don't know if anybody is <laughs> using create class.
0: I think it's very different whether you're whether you're approaching it as a job or a craft.
1: Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Because I the thing is I didn't get into programming cuz I was thinking gosh, I got to start looking for a job. And Same. so that gives me a completely different perspective. I got into programming cuz I wanted a, a creative outlet to change things that weren't what I wanted them to be. Yes. So I saw problems and then I was like, "Hmm. I wonder if I could do this. And it started with, for me, it started with probably, I I mean, just, just tinkering back in middle school, I added a, a, uh, a basic script that would prompt for a password before Windows 95 would boot. I, yeah, I don't know why I did it. And then, and then it progressed (laughs) to the calculator and and I wanted to write a program that would help me solve my physics physics problems, where there was only basically four permutations of the homework, right? And so I could just write it. Either you're solving for distance, or you're solving for speed, or you're solving for uh, maybe it was uh, acceleration, or something. You know, yeah, it was yeah. like you're solving for one of these things. And so I just wrote all four permutations of it in my calculator, and then I knew that I'd get. the the right result and it and it kind of progressed from there it's just I realized oh like I can write little snippets of script and little snippets of code and it started as just a few lines and then and then it got to the point where I realized whoa people people want to pay me for this right, yeah there right, used to be right.
1: a saying about the software developers back in the day that the uh, software good software developers are always surprised by how by how much people are willing to pay them to do something they would do for free but <laughs> yes that's yeah that's, but, that's true uh, but but here's the thing I, I, it's especially these days that this is not true for everybody i think it's true for everybody who's probably a podcaster And it's probably more true for people who are listening to podcasts. But it's not necessarily true for the industry at large. Uh, There are a lot of people these days who are in it
2: in order to make a living. Totally, totally. You know, where's my 70K gig? That's what I was promised. You know, it was, I I learned this gobbledygook and then you give me my 70K. (laughs) And I, I mean, that's okay. But I mean, at a certain point, like, you're going to be limited in the upper boundary if, if you have that mentality going forward. You really need to get into exactly what AJ was talking about, which is tinkering, right? That's why he know, That's how he knows that a code. He kind of took things apart. How does it work? Learn more. Keep going. Get fascinated by this. And then you get into that world where it's really
1: fun. Also, you know, a lot just, of people just get into management and then they don't need yeah, to sure. deal with the tech anymore at all. Right.
2: Yeah. It's
1: amazing how much those well, skills atrophy, like...
2: Me got a guy who has been in management for like a year it's like oh, but, i
1: don't know code what is that again by, by the way what? that's a very dangerous place to be in uh as a as a side rant, i mean you know it's perfectly legitimate for people to go the management route like you know somebody has to do it. Uh, and there are some people who turn out to be really good at it and enjoy it and you know advance or found companies or whatever or become, you know, CTOs or CEOs of huge software, you know, organizations or whatever. But for people who are stuck in middle management, mm. that's a very risky position to be in because mm. in the in the downturn, you're one of the first to go because Upper management is not going to fire themselves, obviously. (laughs) And they also need the actual developers to actually produce the code. So instead of one manager for every four developers, we'll make do with one manager for every six or eight developers. And voila, we cut out half of middle management. And in previous downturns, I've seen a lot of middle managers trying to get back into coding, and it's hard. I've I've seen that too because I've been mostly
3: working Devrel for the last decade or so, and even though coding is uh, a part of my job as Devrel, right, I have to run demos and all that sort of stuff. It's different working on those sort of apps versus working on like a really important big production app. It's 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 just different. Like it's it's less real, and so in the last year or two, I've sort of forced my way into a role where I am doing like working on an actual big web app because I found that otherwise, if I, if I'm not in there, if I'm not in the trenches on a day-to-day basis,
1: it's just not the same. It's just not the same experience. Yeah, for sure. I can, I can sympathize because a lot of my job as, as a performance tech lead also has to do with jumping between projects. And then sometimes I don't get to dig in as much as I would like. And I, and I even get like pushback from managers saying, "Well, it's not for you to dig in. You should tell the developers what they should be doing, and you should be moving on to the next project." Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, uh, sometimes I kind of you know dive deep behind their back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's hard not to. You know, you
2: find this is that problem solving, that's what we all get excited by. You know, you see something, I I love it when somebody has a comment in one of my threads, you know, in one of my um, videos, it's like, you know, oh, I tried that and that doesn't work. And, you know, I'm like, or whatever. And they come up with some random permutation and you're like, wait, what? And I I really, I'm like, give me the code. I want to see, I want to see how you mess this up. Because it's interesting to me how you messed it up. Because then for every one person come to me and say, I messed it up. There's
1: a hundred people that don't say that. And it's amazing. By by the way, I cannot look at code without automatically starting a code review process. Mm. So, so I remember, you know, just a few days ago, I was looking at some code with uh, one of the team leaders at Next Insurance, where I work, and she was asking me about, you know, some code, why it works some way and not some other way, why it should be implemented like this and not like that. And I was going like, yeah, yeah, but why is that variable named like this? Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah you can't help I, I yourself. I can't help myself. Oh, yeah. uh, what do you mean? You like, a bar. I, what the heck? <laughs> I think it
3: gets back to AJ's point about motivation earlier making a big difference because I feel like that's the thing to answer your question, Jack. If some random person came up to me in public somewhere and asked about it, I I think like the reason that question is hard to answer is because I found that the people who are really good at software development and really like it are the ones that have a natural interest, something something in it that just makes you really enjoy and interested. The same thing that makes Dan see code and instantly think about variable names and stuff like that. That's just something that's kind of baked into you. So I feel like if you find somebody who has that, I th- I think that's why it makes sense for everybody to try it at some point in their life, right? To see if that's something that uh, appeals to you. But I think like it's it's like anything else in life. If it's something you're not interested in doing or it doesn't click, you're going to have a hard time fighting against that yeah. Yeah, to totally. sort of force yourself. Same reason people have trouble. Like if you don't like going to the gym, well, you're getting... You're going to have a constant struggle in life trying to force yourself to do it it's the same thing like i could be i'm sure i could have been a lawyer in life but like i stand can't stand reading oh, yeah, things like sure. legal documents or anything like that so it would have been a life of pain trying to do it right i'm sure it's technically possible but yeah if you enjoy if you have interest in it, and your brain tends to work that way and likes the sort of puzzle solving nature of coding, you're going to be proficient a lot faster than somebody who doesn't have that natural interest.
1: Also, you can't ignore the fact that we've either been lucky or or a product of a certain amount of privilege. Uh, you mm. know, not mm-hmm. not everybody has these opportunities. Um, um, I would like to pull us back though in a different direction um, because you know we were talking about the fact that if you uh, kind of disconnect from the technology, it's very easy to lose track because things tend to change so quickly. And, you know, if you talk about React for a minute, uh, React, like, like, uh, Jack, I don't remember if you said this before the show or during the show, that React is kind of like, what, what, what did you call it? Like stage, like,
2: Oh, It's in phase three. Phase yeah, three—that's
1: it, it. Like yeah. taking the Marvel kind of uh, thing. Uh, <laughs> it might even be uh, phase four, depending on how you count it, um, because we move from uh, create class to classes, then from classes to uh, uh, hooks, and even and and, and even then, like it's not just you know classes versus create class. It's higher order components versus right. mutexes. So. Uh, mix-in, sorry. There was a mix-in period and then right, higher-order right, components. Oh, yeah, no, right, then, yeah. And then hooks. So we, we did go through a couple of phases along the way. So And and one of the things that you said, uh, said or hinted at before we started recording is that this this phase appears to be less popular than previous phases or the transition to this phase Seems to be getting more pushback than previous ones.
2: It, it, it's a different pushback. I mean, I, there was some. There was certainly some pushback against Hooks. Although I, I would say functional components had come out a couple. Ugh, God, obviously my timelines are awful, but like I want to say they at least came out a year ahead of Hooks. What well, way longer like, than that? By the way. Okay. Sh- cool. All right. So a couple of years before Hooks, and so that gives people a little bit of time to get into it, right? And then. And then hook him around and be, oh, I guess I, my, my functional components can do more now.
1: Awesome. Okay, cool. The way I then, remember, like, by RSCs, the way, hmm. yeah, just a comment. The way I remember it, and I might be mistaken, is that functional components came out alongside classes, that we got classes together with functional components, but that hardly anybody was actually using functional components and everybody was using classes. Because the problem with functional components was that the, you, you know, the likelihood that you would need some sort of a state in the component was mm. fairly high, at least the way that people were writing the code back then. And the transition was kind of painful because you effectively needed to do a lot of rewriting of boilerplate code to go from a functional component to a class-based component.
2: I'm going to rebut that a little bit because I think at the time, as I recall, the common wisdom was a redux. Like you, you never put any state inside of a component outside of maybe at best that happened animation a bit later. state. And then, okay, fair enough. And, and you know, so your functional components were okay because you're going to be mm. wrapping them with a the higher in the, order components and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, and you're mm. going to get your, your state from there. You might be correct. You know, yeah. Um so whatever, phase two, phase three. But I I do think your assessment is right. I think there's a lot of folks pushing back on RSCs. One, they don't see the value of it. Like our SSR isn't as important to them as it does it, it it seems to be. Yeah, I think there was this weird thing, weird vibe in the community. Like SSR was true React, you know, like Next.js and that sort of stuff was true React. But you know, now that RSCs are come out, you, you find there's actually a big contingent of folks who are like, you know what, spas are fine, man. That's what I was doing. No, like, spas, I need this
1: stuff. spas, you know, SSR is for spa. Uh, if it's not spa, then it's just server rendered. It's not SSR. For me, the, the term SSR versus server rendering is the difference of whether or not it's, you know, that phrase that's hardly used anymore isomorphic code, code, uh, right. whether it's the same code running back in the back. Um, but, but, you know, let's put it this way. In this day and age, of, uh, of uh, mo- the mobile web and search engines and whatnot, if you're just doing client-side rendering, then, then either you don't really care about mobile users or you don't care about search engines. Now there are applications out there that fall into these, this category, these categories. Like, I don't know if you're writing dashboards or if you're implementing
2: yeah, fully logged in experiences. Yeah. You know, yeah. i yeah. not going to,
1: or, or like, I don't know, internal co- enterprise applications where you could care less about your end user. Uh, <laughs> but, but otherwise, how can you not do SSR?
3: Well, I mean, I think this is the biggest thing to me going on in the React world the last few years is just people throwing different things at the wall when it comes to server rendering. So you have like frameworks like Astro, Mm -hmm. experimenting with things like Islands architecture. You have React working on React server components. You have Next with their multiple different ways of doing server-side rendering. So it's a complicated... Get, yeah, it's a complicated space. And I think some of the pushback on the React world is just dealing with that complexity and not knowing, well, crap, which one of these do I use? I'm just building an e commerce site. Like, somebody just tell me which, which, what's the right way of doing this? Um, use Shopify. I feel like
1: we're it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or, or WooCommerce. Why? Although if,
2: Shopify has Oxygen, which is now Remix. Yeah.
1: But you know, nobody is using mm-hmm. that yet. Uh <laughs> no seriously yes. i mean not nobody's using remix nobody's yet hardly anybody yeah, is know, using, know using is though. using oxygen or hydrogen for for building shopify sites i think right. that like i'm guessing you could probably count these sites on one hand versus the millions of shopify websites <laughs> built on liquid uh for sure. but um but i'm serious though i mean if you're implementing uh, uh, an e-commerce site using uh, client-side rendering, you're doing way, way, way more harm than good. In You know, whichever way you look at it. I mean...
2: Okay. Just, just, I, I actually do come out of this space. I was working at Nike. I was a principal architect over there, principal architect at Walmart Labs. And... We had an MPA architecture, so every every experience that you go on to would be a different app. And so, for example, like our carton the cart and checkout experiences were universally straight up client side rendered because there was nothing you could do on on uh, on the server, really.
1: Maybe the header, yeah. But at that point, know, first of it. all, those pages don't need to rank, and in those, right. and exactly. and so, in those pages, uh, the, the the customer is already committed. And even then you're probably doing harm because the likelihood of you losing a customer doing due, due to some lengthy delay uh increases. Let's put let's put it this way. Um mm-hmm. but 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 that's kind of acceptable, but for the f- homepage?
2: I mean No, no, you're right. It, it- yeah, homepage and product detail page in particular. Yeah, Heavy SSR pages, targets. Yeah. But I got to say, that's an interesting thing. You know, that to me is where you start, you know, to TJ's point, the island's architecture, because like got that's, that's
1: the technicality of It is SSR,
2: but, it, but it, you know, SSR isn't even enough. You know, you, you have to get to the point where, like, you're not actually React rendering the header, as an example, because it's not.
1: Interactive enough or whatever, There's
2: only mild. Like, whatever we are All using,
1: we are using Next.js at Next Insurance where I work. No relation to <laughs> to Vercell. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, <we> okay. <laughs> but we are actually using um, uh, Next.js for for the homepage. Now mm-hmm. they do have the advantage of having me, but uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but we are not yet on uh, React server components. It's too new. Um, mm-hmm. by the way we are it's, it's interesting it used to be a wordpress site mm-hmm. and they moved off of wordpress even before i joined now had i been there i might not have recommended uh next for the uh p- for the marketing part of the website i might have recommended something like an astro or something like that yeah uh but they were thinking but they but two things were guiding them for us at the time. I had not joined yet. Two things were guiding them when they made that choice. First of all, you don't get fired for choosing React and Next.js. No kidding. Uh, You are able to find developers for React and Next.js. You're able to find components for React and Next.js, lots of code samples, uh, videos by people like Jack. Uh, And... um, and, and yeah, events, uh, training, exactly, yeah, exact yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and, and our performance. And again, despite not, uh, using server components yet and, you know, hydrating the entire thing. Oh, and we're, oh, the interesting thing I forgot to mention, uh, we're actually still using WordPress as a heads of CMS behind mm, the scenes. Sure. Because the marketing yeah. people are just used to working with it. Uh, right. So for them, nothing really changed. They keep on putting things into the WordPress backend, only instead of having WordPress render it, it's not being rendered by uh, React and Next.js. And, wh- and our developers are able to uh, do more sophisticated things with it. Also, they could not really find developers anymore who wanted to work with PHP. Uh, so, <laughs> so that was becoming a really big problem. Um, so then, and, and just to finish I, I, that point, just, right. just one thing, yeah. performance is really good. Uh, we're on, on, you know, for des- uh, like light, Lighthouse, desktop scores something like 98. Mm-hmm. Mobile is not nice. that great, but it's 74, which is not that bad. And if we're looking at uh, Google search console, uh, out of like 1500 pages that we have on the website, like all of them are scoring good. Except for something like thirty, which are in the high needs improvement space, so we are, you know, good all over in terms of performance. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, we're doing the whole hydration thing. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah. I think hydration only gets you when it's time. I think time to interactive. And or, even you know, there, and I mean.
1: even there, the bigger pro- the biggest problem was uh, uh, pixels, marketing pixels with the time. Oh uh, right, the, yeah, the, which you can go and. Y- yeah and and we actually and implement so one big thing we did relatively recently is actually use party town and by the way we had oh, yeah. we had the people from party town on the show uh on on mm-hmm. javascript jabber as well yep. uh we used party town and that improved the situation dramatically but it's not an easy thing to do
2: Yeah
1: o- Okay so Dan interestingly
2: you you mentioned like the the ecosystem around react the libraries the authors the content all of that sort of stuff that's that's to me over the past like years two years i would say what's really been holding react together it was it's not react react is sort of doing weird stuff they're you know adding hooks that we don't understand they're doing this rsc stuff i don't know but like the stuff that was you know stewardly good was like tanstack query and mui and all that sort of stuff It was in oh wow that's a great ecosystem and tooling around it and i think that's what is interesting about react 13 and the app stuff is they're basically saying all that stuff goes away right tanstack query you might not need that anymore mui it's not even compatible with app like i mean it's it's going to be interesting to see like when they, when next js or when when that becomes a thing They're literally saying half the ecosystem goes away and I don't know if React survives that.